Hi, I'm Serena Lowe. If you're used to hearing that introverts are shy, anxious, antisocial, and lack good communication and leadership skills, then this podcast is for you. You're about to fall in love with the calm, introspective, and profound person that you are. Discover what's fun, unique, and powerful about being an introvert, and how to make the elegant transition from quiet achiever to quiet warrior in your life and work, anytime you want, in more ways than you imagined possible. Thanks for being here. Welcome to episode 12 of the Quiet Warrior podcast. I'm Serena Lowe, the Quiet Warrior coach. In today's episode, I'm going to take the words out of the mouths of introverts in the workplace and talk about a secret wish list that introverted employees would love to send their managers and co-workers so they can feel more understood and accepted at work. It's secret because very few introverts would ever dare articulate these thoughts openly, and that is why it's even more important for me to share them here. If you are a manager or someone who works with introverted co-workers, the next 10 minutes will be time well spent because you are about to get an insight into how introvert minds work and what's really going on when people are quiet in meetings and team discussions. Ultimately, what we're really trying to create is a workplace culture where all personality types and communication styles can flourish and employees can understand and relate to each other in ways that enhance self-awareness, awareness of others, respect, acceptance of differences, trust, collaboration, and mutual cooperation. Speaking as someone who lives and works in a Western culture, but grew up in a fairly traditional Asian culture, it is my observation that there is an extrovert bias at play in our homes, schools, and workplaces. Society favors and rewards the extroverted way of being. People who are loud are associated with descriptors like confident, outgoing, likable, charismatic, dynamic, energetic, leader, hustler, someone who makes things happen. There is a perception, spoken and unspoken, that these are the kind of people we want in our organizations, and this is what we should aspire to be. Leaders, superstars, rock stars, high performers. People who are quiet are associated with other descriptors, like shy, socially awkward, antisocial, wallflower, lacking in confidence, quiet achiever, in the background, need to participate more in group discussions, reserved, aloof, distant, not relatable, not proactive, too quiet. We almost feel sorry for them for seeming to lack that something special that those who are more popular and noticeable and well-liked seem to have. This starts early in the home environment and is reinforced at school, as anyone can attest who has repeatedly received school reports that say, good achiever, but needs to speak up more in class discussions. As a result of years of social conditioning, some introverts may develop low self-esteem from a long-held belief that there is something fundamentally wrong with them the way they are. All the subtle and not-so-subtle comments and throwaway remarks add up. 
Why are you so quiet? Oh, don't mind her. She's just shy. You need to come out of your shell. And over time, they may have developed a belief that their views don't matter, or are not sufficiently important. And if this is how someone sees themselves, why would they bother to express themselves or to let others know how they really feel or what they think on a topic? It's safer and easier to just stay in their shell and below the radar so they don't come to the attention of those who might judge them. The unspoken assumption then is, loud is good, louder is better. And the converse is, when you're quiet, you might get acknowledged for your good work, But because you're not a force of nature, there may be times when you feel invisible, fail to get what you want, and get relegated to the margins and to supporting roles. The louder and more dominant someone is in a group discussion, the more they are seen to be actively contributing, and the higher the perceived value of their contribution. It's common to find in meetings that a few people, usually the same few, tend to dominate the discussion and talk over everyone else. You might also have noticed a few persons who don't seem to have much to say. They might have their heads down, busy taking notes. Their facial expressions might be fairly neutral, so you have no idea what they're really thinking, whether their minds are on the topic of discussion or are elsewhere because they have tuned out. When asked for their views, they um and ah and seem lost for words, giving the unfortunate impression of the deer caught in headlights, which reinforces the suspicion that their minds were elsewhere. They might mumble something incoherent, look extremely uncomfortable, and avoid eye contact instead of explaining further, which makes the next few seconds of the meeting really awkward for everyone else, and unfortunately also makes them look unprepared and incompetent. There's a high chance these are your introverts, and here's why they act that way. An introvert will wait until they are certain before they speak, so you can be sure that what they present will be the refined, articulate, well-researched, and highly filtered version of what they know of a topic. They refuse to offer the raw first draft, with all its flaws and imperfections and untested assumptions. That is why it is often said of some people that they don't speak often, but when they do, it's gold, and people pay attention. An introvert dislikes small talk and random social conversations that have no purpose. They are all about depth of knowledge rather than knowing a little about a lot. If you engage an introvert on a subject that they are passionate about, their eyes light up and the words flow without nudging. But don't expect them to be the life of the party and have jokes and stories to tell during Friday drinks. It's not that they don't know how to enjoy themselves and have a good time. They just have a different way of enjoying themselves and a different definition of what a good time looks like. An introvert loses energy when they interact with others, but gets strength from being on their own in deep thinking and reflection. That is why you often find them by themselves thinking, listening, taking notes, analyzing, and not vocalizing their opinions and way of thinking quite as much. An introvert's brain is wired to process information differently. They don't take things at face value. They like to go beneath the surface and question why things are. 
they need to analyse something from multiple angles and perspectives, looking for the relevant facts, possible loopholes and exceptions, what doesn't make sense, what's missing, what's verified or verifiable, and what sounds questionable. You could call them overthinkers, but they're simply extremely detail-oriented, with a strong need for certainty and accuracy and being right. Also, they are excellence seekers, with high standards and a strong work ethic that goes beyond the job description to who they are fundamentally as human beings. Seeking excellence and perfection is tied in with their identity and values. They are not contented to be mediocre or just good enough. It has to be better than good enough. It has to meet their own high standards. The result is that they may seem to spend an inordinate amount of time checking and researching and checking again before finally issuing qualified, careful statements that refuse to declare outright where exactly they stand on a matter, because there are always exceptions and uncertainties and things they don't know that they don't know. So what can you do as a manager who has introverts on your team? As someone who has observed what happens when introversion is not fully understood and appreciated in the workplace, here's what your introverted employees really want you to know. Number one, please don't spring sudden questions on me and expect an instantaneous and intelligent response, especially in front of others. Thinking on my feet is not one of my strengths and feeling ambushed makes me flustered and anxious. When you give me time to think things through and get back to you, you will receive a well-considered, well-crafted response that will be worth the wait. Number two, when facilitating group discussions and team activities, please allow time for participants to reflect before expecting them to respond. For instance, you could ask participants to take two minutes to think through the question on their own, then discuss it with a buddy, then speak up in the group. This gives introverts like me time to consolidate my thoughts and ideas, get used to hearing my own voice, listen to what others are saying, and process that, which then gives me confidence to speak up in the group. Number three, please make sure meetings are properly chaired with an agenda and a start and end time so that there is certainty and a clear outcome to work towards. Random gatherings with no clear purpose, no structure, and no end time are unproductive and a waste of time that I could have used for research and writing. Number four, I do my best work in solitude without constant interruptions. This means I work best in quiet spaces, preferably a room with a door that I can close when I need to concentrate, not open cubicles or hot desking or an open plan office where people just wander in any time and ask for a meeting or a quick chat or an opinion. For evidence of the benefits of deep and uninterrupted focus, please see Deep Work by Cal Newport. Number five, if I appear quiet or uncommunicative in a group discussion, it's because I'm concentrating my energy on listening, observing, and taking it all in. There is a lot that goes on in a meeting where different people are talking, and the stimulation can be overwhelming sometimes. I will speak up when I perceive the need to, or when I have something I feel is worth contributing. Number six, I'm perfectly capable of delivering an engaging and effective presentation, as long as I'm given adequate notice. 
I don't like to wing it. I like to be well prepared, to take my time to do research and gather the necessary facts and figures, and interesting anecdotes and stories to share. Number seven, I can be a good leader, but not in the stereotypical sense of what a leader looks and sounds like. My style is quieter, more nuanced, more inclusive and facilitative. It involves more listening and less talking, being considerate of everyone's opinions, and being authoritative in a low-key, non-threatening way. Number eight, I'm great with detail. You can trust me to notice and call out exceptions to the rule, loopholes, bad spelling, bad grammar, confusing and misleading statements that could get the organization in trouble, links and buttons and websites that don't work properly, and to actually read the terms and conditions and other fine print. Number nine, I set high standards for myself in my work and can be a bit of a perfectionist. This is an asset to the team and the organization, as I tend to over-deliver on what is expected. Number 10. I need regular alone time to recharge in order to be at my best. Hustling and go-go-go doesn't work for me, so please keep meetings short, factor in breaks when planning all-day events and conferences, and don't make Friday drinks compulsory. Thank you very much. If this episode has been helpful and you want to discuss how to implement these ideas with your team, send me an email at serena at serenalow.com.au. See you on the next episode. I'm so grateful that you're here today. If you found this content valuable, please share it on your social media channels and subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform. Together, we can help more introverts thrive. To receive more uplifting content like this, connect with me on Instagram at Serena Lowe, Quiet Warrior Coach. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with me. See you on the next episode.